Hey everybody, welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week we're reading Flight 39 by Philip P. Peterson. If you like a Back to the Future style time travel romp, you're gonna love this. Instead of Marty McFly flirting with his mom, he's killing Hitler. on book club podcast my name's austin hannah i'm ganesh sarma i'm shane burklow and this week we're reading a book called flight 39 by philip p peterson triple p a lot of p it's three p's big p daddy is what i call That's what his kids call him all right so this sounds like we're gonna get into some kind of disaster no what's the synopsis can you read us the synopsis no 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 not quite yet every week I get scolded for trying to jump into the synopsis before I explain the podcast. Just when, wait a little bit. Take like a nice flight. Am I in a nice flight? A nice relaxing flight. that's what flight. this book's about? Yeah. Just a nice, good, a nice, uh, perfect flight. Have you ever had a good flight? Every yeah, time I've I fl- had a couple. Every time I fly, I'm like bothered by at least one thing. Really? Yeah. I Every time I fly, I'm just perpetually in slack-jawed amazement of what's happening. What that that I, I mean in the sky. Oh yeah, I didn't get fly over on a that. plane until I was twenty years old. Wow. Did you? How old were you when you first flew on a plane? Younger. How, how, well, how much? Don't like be modest. Eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, so you're jaded. You're an old. You're this is old hat for you. How about you, Ganesh? You were on a plane when you were a little kid, I'm sure. Yeah, I was. A lot of lot of trips to the motherland. So I believe that's Iceland. Yes. Okay. So those you a plane doesn't phase you. You're not impressed at all by the plane. I love planes. I love flying. I love getting drunk on planes. Oh. I like getting drunk in airports. Wait, what do you do? Aisle or window? I'm aisle because I pee a lot. Oh, weird. Oh, you're that guy? Yeah. Not a lot, but I want to have the option. I don't want to climb over someone. I'm I'm not like a nimble person. So I just want to make sure that I have the, the quickest path to the bathroom in case of an emergency. I can hold my pee for hours and hours and hours. It's not good. It's going to catch up to you later in life. Well, and it was worth the time I saved. You're going to be like, P Daddy. Whoa. P Diddy. Oh, Triple P. Yeah. Oh, back to the book. Great segue. But what do we do? Oh, shit. On this podcast. You have to tell us. I give the audience a little bit of credit and assume that they don't need it. To spoon fed to them every week. But I, I need it. Shane needs a spoon. He's has, I forget the rules every yeah, time. Shane had it, hit his head really hard just 10 minutes ago. So what we do on this podcast is we read free ebooks from Amazon Prime. We read the first page, the second, uh, second, not the second page, the 25% oh, yeah. mark. It looks like I'm not the only one who hit his head. Oh, dear. We hit our heads together. Uh, uh, then we read, the, we read the 50% mark, the 75% mark on the last page, five pages of a free book. And we determine whether it's good or bad or we actually don't really do that. We just kind of cast it as a movie and then end the podcast. So that's what we're going to do today. Now that I've done the hard work of explaining what we do. Thank you. You're welcome. Ganesh, rip us off the synopsis here. For a top secret research project, airline pilot Christoph Wilder (laughs) is recruited to fly an A380 equipped with a time machine. Oh. But on the maiden voyage. I don't think that could fit on an A380. Just saying. Eight three eighty one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are the big boys, but not the baseline. No craft. Nah. Hey, but on the maiden voyage, activists hijacked the plane and forced Christoph to take them back to nineteen thirty nine. Damn. Their goal to kill Adolf Hitler. <gasps> they waited until nineteen thirty nine. 
Go back further. <laughs> yeah, right. Go back to when he's like a baby. He was like riling people up in the twenties. Yeah. Go back even before. Why not then. just go back to when he was a baby and just find that baby? That's a pretty popular idea. I've heard killing baby Hitler often. Yeah. Snooze. A presidential candidate said they'd do it. I think it was Jeb Bush. Hell yeah, I would. He did? He did say that. Wow, bold. That's why he had the exclamation point in his name, because he oh, does yeah. wild shit like that. He's he didn't fuck cannon. around, did he? No. Wow. Well, but, he did. He lost. He fucked around. He <laughs> lost. Yeah. He fucked it up. But the price to pay for averting the Second World War exceeds Kristoff's worst nightmares. He has to decide whether to save the dictator's life in order to prevent the downfall of humanity in the present day. You know what? Go back... And fix World War One, so that didn't happen. Yeah, everybody forgets about World War One. Go back even further. Yeah, and so when all those uh, European states were breaking off, like fix the, all that shit. Yeah, don't wait till the last moment. Yeah, there's a whole lot of shit. These activists really need to like step up there. I feel knowledge. like it's a pretty popular science fiction trope that preventing World War Two would make the world a worse place. Is there evidence? Why is that a thing? Butterfly effect. Yeah. But that's just speculation. I think no World War II would probably make the world better. If I had to take a guess. Well, there's always I'd say those... no Holocaust is the way to go. Well, for sure. But there's those <laughs> contrarians that are always like, well, they did all those science experiments. And that is why we're here today. Oh. You know? Oh, who says yeah, that? I don't know if I'd I that. Fucking creepazoids. I've never heard that. Who are you I've hanging out it. with? I've seen it on the internet. You're trolling on 4chan, you dude? Get off I the don't internet. know, man. Turn off the internet. I've also... Well, they also like... Without World War II, you wouldn't really have Hugo Boss. They designed all the Nazi outfits. <laughs> well, that was worth it, I guess. It's true. And Volkswagen probably wouldn't be as big. I'm losing your point and fast. And IBM. It sounds like you're kind of supporting Hitler. It sounds Hitler. like you support World no, War II. No, I'm just saying. And Nazi-backed con- uh, companies. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just saying this. Ladies from Charlottesville. Wow. Well, that's a, a whole deep story. Uh, <laughs> anyway... IBM made all the rockets for the Nazis. Yeah. I'm just saying a lot of mega American companies uh, have their roots in Nazism. World War II. And you're pro big business. Am I correct? No. Well, this, no. We're you're, off, you're not. We're off the rails. I am not. A roundabout way of saying Shane thinks it's good that World War II happened and the Holocaust. So well, nope, let's, I'm just saying. <laughs> let's jump ahead now I, to the first page. If you rewind. Flight like, 39. Whatever. Oh boy, here we go. We're jumping in now to the first page of Flight 93. No, that, that can't be right. Flight 39. First page. Georg jumped off the tram. You think it's a United? Probably American. Ooh. Both bad airlines. What's his name? Gorg? <laughs> Is it George? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough name. It's uh, It's George without the E. And if I remember anything from my German classes... Back in the day, that name is pronounced Georg. Well, I could say who uh, loved World War II yeah, now. I'm pretty uncomfortable with all the World War II talk. You have skin in the game too, Austin, because you also took German for many years. And you're blonde. Well, I've been exposed. <laughs> Georg jumped off the tram at the first stop on Rosenheimer's Strasse. Oh, he, but this whole, this is in this. Did we know that this took place in Germany? I thought it was in America. Well, they got to kill Hitler somewhere. Oh, this wait, you're well, let's just keep going. And yeah. I don't know what's <laughs> going one on. Sentence. It's, too, it's <laughs> probably too early to start asking questions. <laughs> I don't know if it is. 
Why is he named that? Georg? Ask his mom. That's wow. a German name. Classic. He was the only passenger to alight. Deutsche Namen. It, if I remember correctly. It was a cold, wet November evening, and most people were probably home warming themselves in front of a fire. It had already been dark when he had arrived at Munich Central Station from Ulm. They call it München over there, so gonna have to call bullshit on this uh, whole thing. This is gonna be the most annoying episode <laughs> we've ever done. Me and Ganesh chiming in with our 10th grade German. Uh, I've forgotten all of it, so it's not gonna be my it's gonna be all you. Pseudo knowledge of World War II. Yeah, Shane, the weird, creepy you World War II. You do look expert. like you have a lot of knowledge in World War II, but I doubt I, you have much. I was really fascinated by World War II. Who wasn't? Um, I wrote a lot, very long paper about it. Oh, yeah? Uh, I, I've seen a m- lot of movies about it. Okay. Read a book about it. Oh, wow. These are infutable <laughs> credentials. And you know, sometimes online, I'll You'll read, read some facts. Wow. Go to the Wikipedia. So if I have some World War II questions, I'm coming your way, buddy. Lob me some if you got them. Right. Yeah, it was uh, Red Baron Pizza founded in World War II named yeah. after the famous pilot. Wasn't the Red Baron in yeah. World War One? Yeah. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Wait, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know a damn thing. Oh, he was in both wars. He could have died in Vietnam for all I know. No, it wasn't a man. It was more of an idea. He waited. What's what's creepier? Liking World War Two. <laughs> You're like interrupting you yourself do. more than we are this episode. Liking World War Two like you do, or liking any like anyone that's like. I've really never known Shane as a World War Two buff. Well, you know, there's I don't just people. like it. I'm fascinated by. There's it. just people that are really well, nobody likes it. Interested like in war is that creepier than someone that's like really fascinated with serial killers? Oh man, what if you like both? Because that's all I do at work is just read Wikipedia's about war and serial killers. <laughs> all I do. It's affecting my work. <laughs> Time theft. He waited until the tram had rumbled into motion again, its bell ringing before setting off down Rosenheimer Strasse. A car came slowly down the street toward him, and he could make out two men wearing peaked caps and black uniforms sitting inside. Uh-oh. Looks, that's Probably SS. Is that a Hugo Boss cap? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> fancy. Dapper. Georg quickened his pace and looked down at the ground like a worker who simply wanted to get home as quickly as possible in this nasty weather. Ooh, I know that look. That's mm. me. Even in good weather. Ugh. The men in the car passed him without a second glance. Plus, there's Nazis. When he ventured to look over his shoulders, he saw it turning onto Hochstrasse. Is that Strasse? I don't want to call you out since you're a fellow German student, but... Hochstrasse. Thank you. Georg continued slowly on his way. Or should I say, Dunkeschern. Ignoring the right turn on Schleibingerstrasse and reached his destination a few minutes later. Shout out to all our German listeners out there, and I'm sorry for this episode. Guten Morgen. He was standing in front of the large stone archway that led into the grounds of the Burger Braukeller. Burger Braukeller. What? I bet you were a killer in German class. Burger Braukeller. The Burger Braukeller. Give me a break, man. I can barely speak English. Burger. uh, Hamburglar? Burglar? Yeah, I think that's what he said. He lingered for a moment in front of the archway and scanned the area around the beer hall. Sounds right. McDonald's. He was sure he didn't look suspicious, but he wanted to be on the safe side. He couldn't see any soldiers or SS men. The only person to come stumbling through the gate was a drunkard in a ragged, dirty suit. But he didn't even give Georg a second glance. Georg took a deep breath and walked purposefully through the stone archway toward the main entrance of the beer hall. You go, Georg. The sound of laughter and piano music floated through the window into the courtyard. What was that? He noticed a movement from the corner of his eye and swung around. Georg wasn't paranoid, but sometimes he thought he was being watched. 
people who looked at him a second too long, like Gestapo collaborators given the task of watching him, cars that he thought had he had seen minutes before, as if they had driven in a circle in order to lose sight of him. Uniformed as a soldier, scanning a crowd as if searching for him. Hmm. Sounds like this guy's a man of interest. But Georg knew he was imagining it. Not mine. Because if somebody had found, really found out what he was planning, he would have been arrested long ago. Uh-oh. Oh, is, is he the time traveler? Wait. No. No. Where's the plane? <laughs> For starting out in the past. That's confusing. But it could be the past and the future. That's what I'm saying. You think one of this guy came over on the time traveling plane? You no. know, that's something that good writers do a lot. Jump around in time, Austin. Mm. I think that this guy is the guy that the time travelers are going to try to find because he's got the plot. They're going to help him kill Hitler? Yeah. Maybe. Mm. I'm intrigued. With a firm tug, mm. Georg pulled open the entrance door, walked through the anteroom, and noticed to his relief that nobody was loitering in the corridor. What room? The interim. The, the f- like first room. This is the kind of book that has a lot of foreign words and italics that you have to be like, oh, I see. We're in Germany still. He walked past a cloakroom and pulled open the door to the main hall. It was, as always, unlocked. See, now I know a cloakroom. Yeah. Have one in my house. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, for my cloaks. You gotta put them somewhere. He closed the door behind him. Mine are in a pile. As always, unlocked. Enough light came through the windows to dimly illuminate the vaulted room. The hall was large enough to hold thousands of people, and there was room in the gallery for hundreds more. Braggadocious. That's a big hall. Man, put some walls in there. You you, gotta... What are you hauling? Tiny leather halls. And there was room up in the gallery for hundreds more. He walked swiftly to the nearest staircase that led up to the gallery. After the many nights he had spent here carrying out his plan, he could have found his way blindfolded. What's his plan that happens so many times he's gonna get rip roaring drunk at the beer hall oh <laughs> big plan tonight <laughs> i can't come out once at the top he crept past a row of tables bent double until he had reached the central pillar which he reached down to the speaker's podium glancing around to double check that nobody was looking he pressed his right ear to the wooden cladding of the pillar georg held his breath and listened to the regular ticking of the twin clock mechanism inside Uh-oh. then he knelt down took a small pocket knife out of his jacket and pried open the wood paneling Beneath it was a suitcase-sized cavity in the brickwork of the pillar, which he had painstakingly hewn out at <gasps> night over the past few weeks. That's his duty. His what? His duty. I was really confused about where we were going there. Several days ago, he had deposited the explosives, which he had stolen while working at a quarry in Königsbrunn earlier in the year. While He inserted... The detonator into the pillar. Georg had come wi- come up with a construction whereby three nails were driven into the firing caps of three blasting cartridges. Wow, this is really detailed. That's a that's a three pronger. That's <laughs> old classic. Three prong boom boom boom. Georg was a skilled craftsman. Oh, but the construction of his bomb had been extremely complex, and he had worked on it for weeks in his shop in Munich, or as some would say, München. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He wanted to be absolutely sure his plan would work, and that's why he hadn't inserted just one clock, but two. Ah, very good. So that the fuse would be triggered even if one of the clocks stopped. Did Captain Hook, what was his deal with clocks? Uh, Well, an alligator ate one, is that right? A crocodile? Mm. Uh, You know, I have very mixed memories of Captain Hook. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. (laughs) Yeah, I just think of Hook. No, no, no. 
No? Yeah. You think of the cartoon hook? No, I think of Christopher Walken, live on TV. <laughs> you think of the Captain Hook live NBC musical from not two years ago. That was great. That's what you think of? Do you remember you think that? Of, uh, yeah. Did I you do. watch it live? I did. I didn't. You watched the... Ever- <laughs> You watched the repeat of it? Like the clips that's your, the next day. You watched the clips on YouTube, and that is your dominant memory of Captain Hook. Well, you know. Yeah, fair enough. I can think it would be pedestrian to pick Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> no offense to those who do. Hugh Jackman, maybe. Oh, man. He was maybe it? No. I wish that there was a hole in the floor that we could put up. I'd push a buzzer and you'd fall through it. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to happen right now. Is that it? Is that all we're reading for the first page? I like this, actually. I was enwrapped. Yeah, Is it's a very right uh, sneaky scene. I was... Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I hope I get to speak some German during this episode. Well, you've been barely trying. There was German there for you to speak, and you you, you butchered it. Did you pass German? Yeah. Yeah, I was a great linguist. How many years of German did you do? I took probably five or six years worth I, of German. Six? When did they start you? Seventh was, grade? Eighth, eighth grade. Eighth, eighth grade, what, all the way through high school, and then some in college. You took German in college? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Why? I had to. I had to take a language. You had to take German. Oh. You can take English. Yeah. I was an English major. Yeah, well, that's oh. perfect then. You know it. All right. Let's jump ahead now to the 25% mark. the 25% mark of Flight 39. Christoph. <laughs> Sorry, that was a weird intro, but uh, I stand by it. When are we going to get to the future so we can go back to Gorg? Georg. Georg. Christoph beeped his horn. Beep. The man on the sidewalk stopped as Christoph pressed the button to open the passenger seat window. Fancy. Ooh, a button. Sounds like we're in the future. Oh, oh. Christoph. Pew, pew, pew. Lasers in the future. Uh, beep, beep. Excuse me, beep, beep. he shouted. Can you help me? The man was wearing threadbare jeans and an old tattered windbreaker. Oh, yeah. That's, that's futuristic future. as hell. You'll never see again. It, all windbreakers in the 40s were new. But it's still Hugo Boss. What <laughs> do people wear in the 40s? Heavy jackets and hats. Yeah. A lot of hats mm. and some big jackets. Yep. And what about like for shoes? They got Nikes back then? No. No, sir. God. Skechers? They had cobblers back then. Their yeah. shoes were made out of leather. Leather. Dogs Hide. leather. Dogs leather. <laughs> Oh, no. Real tough. You never dogs. had a pair of dog leather shoes. So they say my dogs are barking when they take their shoes off. That's oh, right. shit. You mm-hmm. take your favorite dog. No, what I think this is. Christoph <laughs> could tell at a glance that the guy was an engineer. The man came up to the car and leaned down to look through the window. Corella DeVille was a product of that era. That's right. That's why she had all those dogs. Because she, she was well, going to make them out. She's she going to make shoes out. She's making coats, bro. What? Well, you get the fur off for the coats, and then maybe you got the leather right there for the shoes. That's what I'm saying. Or some slacks. I'm looking for the Institute of, he looked down at the pass again, for quantum chronometry. The man shrugged. Ah, yes, yes. Never heard of it. Then he turned around and continued on his way as if he'd never stopped. Wow, you fucking dumbass. (laughs) You fucking (laughs) fool. You never heard of that? Quantum chronometry? Damn. Christoph cursed under his breath and then looked to the little map on the back of the pass, which had been given to him at the front gate after his ID card had been checked. 
Following his talk with Kurt, Kristoff had hung around at home for two days and waited. Then, finally, one of, the, one of the management team had contacted him and told him he had an interview with a Mr. Reuter the following day at the German Aerospace Center in Cologne, Juan. What? Cologne, Juan. It's like a Star Wars planet. No, Cologne is in France. What about Juan? In Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm no geographer. At midday, he had set off, set off by car and had taken the A3 up to Cologne. What? There had been a traffic jam at Limburg, and after taking a detour through the Westerwald Forest, he arrived at the grounds of the Institute far too late. The complex was big, and he had difficulty deciphering the map. Or the guy at the gate had marked the location of the building in the wrong place. Yeah, it must be that guy. He's the idiot. Let the place indicate on the map, there was a three-story house, but the big sign at the entrance read, Institute for Aerodynamics. Maybe the best thing would be to go back to the gatehouse and get the guy to explain the way to him again in more detail. Well, sounds like you're at the right place, bud. Hey, thanks for the map, but can you just tell me what I'm looking at here? <laughs> Kristoff looked around. He wasn't sure anymore in which direction the main entrance to the complex was. This guy sounds like an idiot. He's an engineer. Show some respect. Where am I? He suddenly forgot where he was at all. He sighed and steered the car into a lot that was empty apart from a few other vehicles. He's driving? I don't trust this guy behind the wheel. He seems disoriented. He turned off the motor, got out, and went to the entrance of the building. Just before he reached the door, a man opened it from inside and smiled at him. Ugh. Mr. Wilder? Yes. <laughs> oh? Kristoff answered in surprise. The man was around 50 years old, tall, and had short, dark brown hair flecked with gray around the temples. Sexy. I am Martin Reuter. He reached out a hand to Kristoff. Kristoff shook it and pointed at the sign next to the door. I thought you worked at the Institute for Quantum Chronometry. That's correct, Reuter said. We only moved into the building two weeks ago. We're still waiting for a sign. I actually told Mr. Dickman to warn you. He's a tricky guy, Mr. Dickman. Yeah, I guess Kurt forgot. Probably. In any case, I'm glad you made it. Come with me. We'll find an empty meeting room. My office is still a bit of a building site. Kristoff followed Reuter into the building, which appeared to have been built in the 70s. The hallways were dark and narrow. This is present day? Um, it's past the 70s. <laughs> This is well, 1981. They're working on time machines. So he pushed a be... button to, what, open a door? Yeah. But his car still has a motor, and he's mm. driving it himself. Interesting. Well, even Teslas have motors. And. Oh, wow. Look at this. Mr. Fax over here. And there's no sign. Yeah. In the future, signs are instantaneous, <laughs> I think, is the rule. Yeah. I think this seems like the, the near future, right? Could or be. is it the present? Could be Who's the past. Who's to say? No, I don't think so. Could be 1980. Back in the 86, like, this was built in the 70s, I think. The interior <laughs> felt more like an old tax office than a modern research institute. They walked upstairs to the first floor, Reuter taking the steps two at a time with his long legs. Ooh. Oh, the well, quick walk. I like cool. show off. I like what I hear about this guy. Careful, careful. Don't want to rip those drawers. In the corridor on the first floor, a young member of staff wearing a yellow sweatshirt came toward them, staggering slightly under the weight of a big removal box. A what? A big removal box. Oh, okay. Shall I take it downstairs to the storeroom? <laughs> the man asked. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Like the, the child asked? <laughs> no, that's Frank's. Just put it in his office. Reuter answered as he passed him by. My internet still isn't working. All right, we got internet. The man complained. That's a clue. Don't tell me. Call the IT guys. Reuter called after him, right. grumbling. We got phones. Well, you know. <laughs> 
I think they had those in World War II. Reuter opened the door and waved right? Christoph inside. Yes. Oh, okay. Huh. Three beige like plastic. Someone knows everything I'm about a, World War II. I'm not a historian. I know when Alexander Graham Bell did some weird shit and when? made a phone. When? 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 You're 1910. No. no. You're wrong. 18. Oh, you're uh, way wrong. 19. Oh, you're changing centuries. 18. Wow. What an expert. What a fucking expert. Oh, yeah. Wow. 1910. Mr. Smart by. Guy over here knows about Alexander it? Graham. But I don't fucking know. 1890. Something. I'll look it up later. We'll, sounds we'll right. We'll Does talk. it sound wrong? It sounds right. I think Shane's right. Yeah. Shane's smarter than 1910. you. 1910. You fucking Come idiot. On. Come on. Dope. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Grumbling, the young man disappeared into the stairwell. Reuter opened a door and waved Christopher inside. Three beige plastic tables that had been pushed together in the center of the small room and were surrounded by several chairs. A whiteboard on the wall was filled with formulas and curves jotted down in a scrawling hand. A real goodwill hunting situation going on here. Several boxes of books were piled up in one corner. Coffee? Reuter asked. No thanks, but I'll have a water. Reuter indicated a chair and Kristoff sat down while his host opened a cupboard. Cupboard. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the worst thing you've ever mispronounced. You're fired. Jeez. Now you're rehired. Man, that word just looked like two words, huh? That's the hardest anybody's ever hit the P in cupboard. Cupboard. (laughs) (laughs) That actually just made me realize that that's what it means. Cupboard. It's for your cups. Yeah, you put cups in it. Put cups on a board. Yeah, I'm taking this a syllable at a time. So. That's good for you. He's learning, everybody. You got him unhooked on phonics. And then he went to the <laughs> a cupboard we and should. took out a bottle of water and a glass, which it's, he uh, placed on the table. This podcast would have been dead on arrival if Guinea Fred like a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly, he has yeah. his finger under every word. Yeah. And, 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 and. It's all right. I have to pat him on the back every couple sentences. It's okay. You got it, buddy. Then he sat down opposite Kristoff. I got Kristoff. That's a tough one. Oh, we've already heard That's that. That's a tough name. one. It's five cri- times. It's like half of Christopher. It's easy. Did you have a good trip? Unfortunately, there was a traffic jam on the 8-3. My GPS wanted to take me another way, which unfortunately ended in a bit of an odyssey through the Westerwald. Yet again, I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> we should just let him read the whole book without talking. No, I think, please go ahead, Shane. This is yet another book that we're reading that has a lot of directions yeah or a lot of complaining about misdirections on roads i think that these authors in order to hit an arbitrary page limit in their head fill their books with just inane detail there's a lot of shit you can cut out of most of the books we read and it'll have no impact on the story i don't see why any book needs to be more than 15 pages ever even good books you like essays no i don't like like short stories i don't like them i'm just saying it's the only thing that makes sense if you're writing more than 100 pages, you're wasting your time and my time. You watch movies, right? Yeah. That takes an hour and a half. Yeah. But that's like 90 pages. Well, yeah, but they put it on a TV for me. I don't have to hurt. I don't have to strain myself. I'm just saying people write more than 100 pages. I can and you enjoy it. No, never. Yeah. Never liked a book. All the time. Never did. They like you. And Reuter smiled and made a dismissive gesture with his hands. Fits into the general chaos. Why should it be any different for you than for us? You said you've only been here two weeks. Where were you before? Kristoff asked. Our team worked in the Max Planck Institute of Quantum Optics in Garching. The team grew up, grew a lot. It's beautiful this time of year in Garching. The team grew a lot in the last few years, and now we've been broken up. 
Because of the possible applications of our work, we got funding from the Ministry of the Interior and the Ministry of Defense and decided to enter into a collaboration with the Hemshold Society, of which the German Aerospace Center is also a member. Christoph was not very familiar with Germany's research landscape. Why would you be? But he knew that politics played a role in the competition for research funding. Why is the Ministry of the Interior interested in quantum research? Reuter laughed again. Officially, our work is about quantum cryptography, and encryption systems play a big role in home security these days. We've been given more than a billion euros by the Ministry of Interior. That's a lot of scratch. Yeah, you can do a lot with that. Yeah. That seemed like a lot of money for a single project, but what did he know? But he was irritated by a word that Reuter had used. What do you mean by officially? I don't remember him using that word. Reuter hesitated a moment, as if considering how much he could tell Kristoff about his project. Our work is secret, as it has to do with the aspects of national and international security. So I'm just piecing this together here. They have not traveled through time yet. That applies in particular to the work affecting your possible position. Boo, I want to jump ahead to the part where they travel through time. Christoph leaned back in his seat. Listen, I'm a pilot. Normally I'm paid to fly an aircraft. I don't know anything about your research. Let's have a mutiny, Shane. Let's overtake Anish and make him jump ahead to the And I haven't part. had anything to do with research work in general in the past. Oh, we're getting some exposition. I don't want it. I want time travel. I want Hitler. I want Georg. Just tell me what you need me for and what you expect from me. Thank you. I think, well, Christian's the pilot, and that dude's the one building the time machine, and they're linking up right now. Yeah, that's obvious from the first sentence. I don't care for exposition. I get it. Let's go. reading the 50% mark here we are back in world war ii times no don't you want to see them like travel through time and go through I, all these crazy dimensions you think that's like a extended scene them yeah going, it's gotta it's, be it's like when they're in the tunnel in willy wonka yes maybe you know yeah, i do want to see that if that's not what this is then i'm gonna be mad a loud humming noise sounded through the cockpit but quickly became quieter Damn. And abruptly stopped. It is what it is. Holy <laughs> fuck. Did yeah. you plan this, Ganesh? Did no. you plan this for did us? Did you plan this oh, for a little old us? Just reading the book. Ganesh, doing my job You're and reading the book. I'm going to give you a kiss on the lips. Everything for us. We earned it. Yeah. You won't do it. We love you. You won't kiss me on the lips. We love you. You wouldn't do it. We love you. I'd kiss you on the lips. Beep, beep. The aircraft vibrated slightly as if it had entered slight turbulence, but this subsided after a few seconds. Otherwise, nothing happened. They flew on through the night over the North Sea. All right, all right. Doing laps, huh? <laughs> Strange. Like Superman. Strange. I thought we'd be traveling through time by now. Remember when he did circles around the Earth to make it go back in time? Yeah. Pretty I, powerful stuff. That was, you know, that's... Uh, Werner said... The high point for film in American history. Nothing happened. Did it work? Christoph looked at the navigation screen. They were apparently still flying through the test area. Then his eyes fell on the alt altimeter. Hey, he said... <laughs> We have lost some height. Damn. We're flying at 15,400 feet. The autopilot switched to the new altitude. 
They had also lost a GPS signal and radio navigation. I'll tell you why. They're going through time. We're in the 40s. Oh, dude. I bet Chris doesn't even know he's got that time machine in his AA314. Mm, he thought this thing's too small for that big ass time machine. At least the inertial navigation was working. Oh, wait. It's 1939, right? I said the 40s. This is the 30s. This might still be present day. No way. They lost GPS. They're in the void. Kristoff looked out the window. Whenever I lose GPS, I assume I'm in the void. Which is every time I come out of the subway. When I'm in the I'm subway, like, I assume I'm in a timeless, <laughs> spaceless hell world. Because I am. Do you ever come out of the subway and you're like, I don't know where the fuck I am. Yeah. And then you look at your phone and it's like going in circles. You're like, well, no one knows. Yeah, nobody knows. And then I always walk the wrong direction. I'm like, oh. Yeah, shit. I say, oh. He says it. Sometimes I get off the subway and it's like, shit, I was actually on an Amtrak to Boston. And it's like, well, I don't even know how I got here. A moment ago. Like, hey, you friggin' ass. Yeah, so he's like, wicked, wicked pisser, wicked pisser. And I'm like, please, please, sir, stop. Stop that, sir. Please. Is this Queens? A moment ago, illuminated by the light of the moon, they had been able to see the surface of the North Sea. Now there was only darkness below them. The moon... A moment ago, he had been able to see half the moon <laughs> was sorry. setting in the West. Was that Did they fly over the moon? Huh? Now it was gone. He turned in his seat and glared at Reuter. Congratulations. Your time machine seems to have worked. Oh, so Christoph knows. Yeah. Oh, that's less fun. Damn. Reuter stared at him open-mouthed. His face <laughs> and shirt. Open-mouthed. Oh, over two. That's right. Open mouthed. You're gonna say that's right. Over, yeah. Open mouthed. I've heard that pronounced that way. By who? Where? By somebody at, at some point. Somebody like sir, I don't doubt that, sir. You idiot. You're drooling. Right. You're open mouthed, and you're like, yeah, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> All right, educate me. How do you say it? Open mouthed. 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 Like His face and shirt were dotted with dried clots of blood. If you don't like it, do it yourself. Can't. Don't know how. You mean... Kristoff nodded. The moon is gone, so we're not in the present anymore. God, this guy's crying about the moon so <laughs> much. Reuters' gaze wandered from Kristoff to Werner, who was grinning triumphantly. Yeah, we destroyed the moon. It worked, Reuter whispered. But... <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> but... But where are we exactly? He means when, Werner said. In any case, far enough in the past that we have neither radio navigation nor GPS. So pretty much any time before like 30 years ago. Could be the year two. Or Christopher Blood. 1976. Well, no, they had that stuff in the 70s. <laughs> they had what? They had radio in the 70s. Oh, we're talking about radio? I think. Oh, did they just say GPS? They when was the GPS? When did radio. that start? When did GPS happen? Uh, like... 1999? No, that's just for public GPS. They yeah. were using it for the government for a long time, right? Well, then, like how did I know when they, they like satellite GPS in the 90s? <laughs> Shane's so defiant. I'm sorry I asked. What did you say to me, Kadish? Said they had that shit in the 90s, early 90s. Yeah, but I'm saying Reagan put that shit up there. Who? Reagan? Never heard of him. Kristoff nodded and turned the heading knob on the autopilot until the aircraft started going down, <gasps> making sure not to cross their previous course and accidentally fly into... The wormhole. Oh, shit. Although there was nothing he would like to have done more than return to the present, he couldn't see the wormhole and didn't want to risk flying only half of the plane through it. Well, then why did you go to the past? You had, you had the plane was hijacked. They said that in the synopsis. Oh. But it had that... Oh, the activists. That's right. Where are they? I want to hear their story. Yeah, they sound pretty cool. But really, they should have gone further back in time. The ultimate Antifa. Yeah. Going back to kill Hitler. Or you Antifa. Go How do you say it? Who cares? Alt-right people say Antifa, which makes me not want to say it that way. But then they say Antifa. Antifa. 
Antifa. It's funny that they think that they're like the crazy Nazis when their whole thing is called anti-fascist. Yeah, well, they just hear the fa and they're like, I don't know what that means. Shit. Honestly, bad marketing on Antifa's part. Like, just finish the word. <laughs> like, just make it make it known. With the help of the navigation display, which was now powered only by the inertial navigation system, Kristoff steered the plane to within a mile of the wormhole, which was indicated by a big red circle on the screen. <laughs> there she is. It should be just to our right. She's a beaut. Oh, to our, to our left, 1940. To our right, that's 1939. <laughs> Kristoff followed Reuter's gaze out of the window. Even Werner leaned forward, gun in hand, to look outside. Werner. I'm gonna. That's right. Come on, Mr. Germans. Werner. 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 He's gonna shoot the wormhole. There's, there's nothing to see here. Christoph said in surprise. You'd expected to see a circle of light, a blue vortex, or some other strange apparition hovering in the middle of the air. But outside was nothing but darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Come on. This is what we expected. Reuter said, the optical distortion caused by the wormhole is too small. It's invisible to the naked eye. I was expecting, as I said earlier, Willy Wonka-style travel through a psychedelic tunnel. Ooh, a creepy song. Yeah. Are they taping showing? Oh, my. That would, that's, Isn't that how it goes? I, something like that. Something like that. And then there's chicken heads. Jesus. Getting chopped off. Remember? I don't remember that. Yeah, well, you probably watched Made for T or the TV cut. Are you saying I wasn't man enough to watch Willy Wonka? That's what I'm saying. We would need the instruments to fly back through. Just as well. We have the second capacitor. Stay on a southerly course until we reach Jade Bite, and then we'll change course to 157. Mm, jargon. Jade. Just as well, we have the second capacitor. Stay on a southerly course until we reach Jade Bite. Then we'll change to course 157. Jade Bite sounds like a restaurant. Mm, delicious. We're going there for dinner. And what's our destination? Christoph wanted to know. Werner sat back down on the flight engineer's seat. Munich, he answered sharply. Whoa. Why Munich? We're going Reuter after the big asked. boy. Barely able to suppress the anger in his voice. Because tomorrow evening, Adolf Hitler will be in the Birgerbrau Keller, delivering his <laughs> annual speech commemorating the failed coup of 1923. He's going to be in the Burger King giving a speech to his tar... Tarfs. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. His followers. I know where you're going. Christoph remembered. Ah, the assassination attempt. He blurted out. Werner nodded. Yes, the resistance fighter Georg Elser hit a bomb oh, there yeah. to kill Hitler. Georg. And Hell all of yeah, the Nazi Georg. leadership. Unfortunately, Hitler left early and the bomb exploded 13 minutes too late. Damn, Georg. You really screwed the hund. Yeah, right? Boy, that guy screwed up the timing. He had two clocks, if I remember correctly. Two clocks. Well, it sounds like Hitler bailed. <laughs> And then Hitler pulled the old Irish goodbye. They went kablooey on some other <laughs> fools. Right? Yeah, well, they were probably Nazis too, right? Yeah, oh, man. that's a little bit of a win. And yeah. you want to keep Hitler there until the bomb explodes? Silver linings. Reuter asked in disbelief. No. Tonight, Georg Elser will go and check on the bomb that he planted there two days ago. We will intercept him in front of the Hofbrauhaus and make him set back the time fuse by a half an hour. Sweet. This is a really convoluted way of like killing somebody. Really, another way you could do. You have this. a time machine, dude. You could do anything. Well, that's why they they went back in time. Okay. Because okay. they knew of this assassination attempt okay. that had gone amok the first time around. I see so they've gone back in time okay. to fix it. Okay. To tell them to set the clock 
half an hour before. Okay. So Hitler is there when the bomb goes off. You're just explaining the plot, which I know. No, 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 no. But I get what you're saying because <laughs> in all the threads of time, if you disrupt time at another point, it disrupts all of history. Yeah. This is a point where it was an attack was supposed yeah. to happen. Correct. And it didn't. So they're just making sure it does happen. So the they're not like going back in time. Sort of be the. They're same. not going back in time and killing Hitler with their own bare hands. They have this other dude who is already going to kill Hitler and tried to, but just failed. So they're just fixing that. Can you say that again? So Christoph shook his head. This was complete madness. It could never work. And yet, if they really had traveled back to 1939, yes. If how will we find out what that date is? He asked. For flights further back in time, we have a star sensor that can determine the exact date from the position of the stars, oh. Reuter said. But we don't have it on board today since we only intended to travel 24 hours into the past. Ah, shoot. Damn. He looked sharply at Werner. Damn. Werner smiled back benignly. Don't worry. We thought about that. Werner does a lot of smiling. Why do you think we have this good old-fashioned radio? After all, we have been we have all the monitoring instruments on board that were supposed to be tested on the first mission. They include a run-of-the-mill radio. Breaker, breaker. What is today's date, please? Werner took a piece of paper from his breast pocket mm -hmm. and placed it on, on the table in front of him. Then he pressed a button on his console and turned a knob next to it. A loud rustling noise could be heard from the loudspeaker. It's a real button-heavy future. Werner turned down the volume slightly. Let's see. Reichsender Hamburg. Medium wave 904 kilohertz. He turned another knob. It should be here somewhere. Hello? Who's that? Mr. Hitler. Suddenly classical music blared from the speaker. <gasps> Werner turned down the volume. There we are. The Where frequency is correct, at least. Why aren't they listening to techno? Imagine the them, future. like, turning through all the radio signals, and it's like, I love Lucy. So, like, oh, it's like Ricky. I like to imagine that. That'd be fun. It'd be a fun scene. Anyway, they should bring, like, a weapon just in case the bombs still don't go off. Yeah, why don't they just shoot Hitler? Why don't they bring a machine gun with them? Why don't they bring a modern bomb? Make yeah. sure clean up the whole mess. Yeah, why don't they just bring, like, a, uh, a drone? That they could fly at Hitler. All great questions that are not being answered, frankly, by Flight 39. Do you want to jump ahead now to the next part? 75%? Is that what we're going to now? Yeah, because I yeah. know. Yeah, they're just going to go. There's Tanisha's German. It's, they're going to be fine. They're going to land. And then they're going to meet up with Georg. And then they're going to. Boy, Georg better get this shit right this time. Do you think I, bet he's I gonna think be he's like, going to fuck it up again? I think, I think he's fucking up anyway. I bet they're going to be like, hey, we're from the future. And he's going to. Faint and die. What well, didn't I mean? Not, and then they're gonna have to like wear his clothes, or uh, we can net Bernie's him to the event. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually the most likely thing. This is definitely has a, a weekend at Bernie's vibe <laughs> to it. Uh, let's jump ahead now to halfway. No, that was halfway. Ah, uh, this what? is the seventy-five percent. Right? Am I right? Yeah, this is seventy-five percent mark.
boy. Here we go. 75% mark of Flight 39, which I just realized is the year they go to. Uh, Is that part of it? Yeah. I guess so. Because it's definitely not like a numbered flight. Mm. Good point. Adolf Hitler, Reuter said. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Hello. And he's like, what? Hello? What? What? What do you want? You looking for me, Adolf? Who are you? Talk to my guy. Steinman stared at him for a moment, then nodded. What do you want to know about him? Oh, okay. I thought that was Hitler. <laughs> I was like, shit. They had arrived in the dining room, which resembled a canteen with two long tables and a hatch for serving food. The chairs were uncomfortable. I have a voice for Hitler. If I have to do it, I have one. <laughs> oh, yeah? Is this something you've had prepared for a while? Years. The chairs were uncomfortable. And the <laughs> if room I have to cold. do it, if I have to talk like Hitler, I have a voice. If we don't, if Hitler doesn't talk, you, you still have to do it. Yeah. You have to do the whole last bit. Christoph decided to have a little of the cognac. 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 It scratched his throat when he swallowed, and the warmth in his stomach quickly died away. All that remained was a faint feeling of nausea, but it, it at least gave him a little distance from the hardly bearable events and discoveries of the day. Can you tell us about his death? Christoph asked. Who's? Hitler's? Steinman leaned back in his chair slowly. Christoph had the sudden feeling, not for the first time, that he had met the man before. But of course, that was impossible. The old man took a sip from his glass and put it back on the table. November 8th, 1939. A day no German will ever forget. Oh man, they got him. He was given his annual speech commemorating this failed coup when he was assassinated. Blown up by a bomb. <laughs> coup. Coup. Not coup. Coup. Like a little bird. Coup, Look, that's coup. the character's mispronouncing it. That was oh. a conscious choice. Oh, you're doing some like layered um, intelligence things right yeah. now. Yeah, wow. he's really smart. Blown up by a bomb that exploded right behind his back. He frowned. Don't tell me you didn't know about that. Of course we know, Kristoff replied. We're simply interested in hearing your interpretation of the events. Is this some kind of test? Jeez. <laughs> Steinman asked skeptically. Trust me, Kristoff explained. It isn't a test. We just want to hear your perspective. If you knew our story, you'd understand. Yeah, well, tell me your story. Uh, so I flew on a plane. So back we're in from time. the future, buddy. <laughs> and uh, it kind of sounds like they're back in the future. It does sound like sounds it. Sounds like they went back to the future. They have returned to the future. We don't want to get sued. That's right. That's our. <laughs> if you ever. Want That's to why a, we'll get sued. We're making a knockoff uh, musical, and it's called Return. To the present. Returning to now. Yes. Returning to after now. Nah. Oh. That's the sequel. Returning to tomorrow. Ooh, that, is that a Tom Cruise movie? Should no. Kristoff didn't say anything. Reuter also didn't say a word. Steinman sighed. Eh, what the hell? It's general knowledge anyway. He reached for his glass. So, Hitler was dead. So what? Along with 500 other people who were trampled to death trying to escape the Burger Brow Keller as it collapsed. He has trouble with that word too. Including almost all the head honchos of his government. Himmler, Goebbels. Hell yeah. Yeah, get Goebbels out Check of there. Check him off. Gorman, Got Hess, him. Boom. Ribbentrop. Done. Many more. You're dead. Yeah, well, what happened then? Christoph asked. The whole country was in a state of shock. Nobody knew what would happen next. Reich Minister Goering took over the leadership. Oh, shit. He made Goering it, huh? Come made on. It? Goering. That's the one you definitely got to kill. You got to get that one. And ordered a retaliatory strike the following day. Sent a squadron of bombers to London. Yikes. Why London? Christoph asked. Because everyone assumed the assassin was a British agent. So the assassin wasn't caught? Name of the bomb maker, Georg Elser. Oh, poor Georg. As I'm sure you know, was made public that night. 
All of Germany was up in arms and a massive manhunt began. It's quick intelligence in the 30s. We got him, Georg. That's his bomb. Oh, he would make that bomb. I yep. S- I saw him bragging That's about that That's his brand of bomb. Yeah. Oh, we got his receipts from Lowe's and everything. He put his name right on it. The next day, it was announced that he probably had to escape to Switzerland via Constance under a false name with an accomplice. The two of them were never found. Well, that's us, big boy. With an accomplice, Reuter muttered. Yeah, well, what happened then? Christoph asked. Steinman shrugged. Goering tried to take over as a leader, but he didn't have Hitler's charisma or strategic and political capabilities. Or his sexual appeal. Above all, he was accused of being indecisive. To counter that, he made a half-hearted and ultimately pointless attack on French positions in Alsace, which claimed the lives of tens of thousands of German soldiers, since his beloved Luftwaffe had been unable to take out the enemy. That led to the coup of in uh, summer 1941. The coup, eh? By senior military officials, including Rommel and von... <laughs> it's uh, von Witzelben. It's Rommel. <laughs> That's Rommel. Who <laughs> removed Goering from the Chancellery. Just a few days later, the Soviet Union of Stalin invaded Western Poland and Eastern Prussia. Is this hurting your throat? The advance of their troops could only be stopped at the Oder River. No, this is Ganesha's normal voice. He <laughs> finally gets to just speak in a normal tone. Von Witzelben, who had provisionally taken over the affairs of state, was forced to negotiate a truce with the France and England. It's giving me a headache. To prevent a war on two fronts. Sounds like he ate a bowl of cigarettes and bacon. Mm. Several forays were made by German, <laughs> as well as by Soviet forces, but none of them led to a decisive outcome, despite heavy losses on both sides. It was reminiscent of the dreadful trench warfare during the Great War. Mm. Christoph listened open-mouthed, open-mouthed. Shoot. (laughs) Jesus, these words are haunting in this book. It was fascinating and terrifying at the same time to hear how history had taken a different course. To be fair, in my defense, no, no, it took this many episodes for me to fuck up this badly in a span of... (laughs) However long it's been. Uh, Roll the tape, buddy. Oh, man. This would be a great time for an all-time bloopers tape. Yeah. Take the week, find your worst bloopers, and put them right here. Meanwhile, in Asia, Japanese forces. You okay? Ganesha's despondent. This is just a lot of exposition. I'm going to stop there. I want to hear what happens. This is what we're here for, right? It's time travel. I want to see the repercussions. Meanwhile, in Asia, Japanese forces, which had previously occupied Manchuria... Invaded the Soviet Union and captured Vladivostok. <laughs> oh, they went all the way, huh? Boom, we got them. Steinman continued. Japan, huh? Stalin decided not to advance any further in Germany, but to transfer his troops to East Asia. It doesn't sound like the Stalin I know. That war ended in 1945 with the capture of Hokkaido by Soviet forces. Oh, shit. The Japanese put up a strong resistance, but the Soviets massacred the population on a massive scale. Oh, shit. Worse than nukes? Finally, the Japanese were forced into entering an alliance with the USA. Whoa. Who saw their supremacy in the Pacific threatened by the Soviet Union. Wow, could you imagine a future where the USA and Japan are allies? Wait, Christopher said. The U.S. wasn't involved in military action at the time? No. Someone wanted to intervene in Europe on the side of France and England, but following the ceasefire, there was no longer any need. And what about the, in the Pacific? I mean, Pearl Harbor. Hmm? Pearl Harbor. Beautiful this time of year. What's that? <laughs> Steinman asked in confusion. Didn't the Japanese attack America on Hawaii? Reuter asked. Steinman shook his head. What a nice, what a creative imagination you have. No. The no. Japanese focused their imperialist policies on the Asian continent. 
Kristoff and Reuter exchanged glances. It's like you're really from a different planet. <laughs> you don't seem to know much about history. This is the maybe the grossest character we've had. Uh, well, I think that catches us up. <laughs> um, I'm not totally sold on the fact that this is worse than what really happened. I mean, it well, sounds, there wasn't genocide. Yeah, no Holocaust. But there was mass. <clears throat> but there was apparently some sort of huge conflict. Japanese Soviet mass oh, casualty. Also, war. we didn't nuke Japan. Yeah. Yeah. That's Pearl Harbor wasn't bombed. That's good. Also, do nukes even exist? Also, like, this bypasses all post World War II Middle East crises by uh, not creating Israel. Yeah. So. If you can fly back in time and kill Hitler, I'm thinking you should do it. dead the world is maybe better let's see how everything's been fucked up on the last page of flight 39 Christoph parked the car in front of the house come with me he said and helped Steinman out of the car who lives here oh, this guy again Christoph didn't answer and led the man to the bottom of the steps wait here for a moment please Steinman nodded Christoph climbed up the steps feeling a little queasy he took a deep breath and rang the bell a few seconds later Mrs. Prandle opened the door. Her eyes were glinting. She's tweaking. Mr. Wilder, please explain why you needed to see me at this late hour. You asked me to do something for you, which I thought I could never do. I did it. I killed Hitler. She looked at him blankly, then her eyes fell on Steinman. I did it for you, babe. Who was standing at the bottom of the steps, cast in shadow. Who is that? Christoph held out a hand to Steinman and helped him up climb the steps. His eyes fixed on the woman in disbelief. He stopped on the last steps. Erica? His lips were quivering. Mrs. Prandle froze. She grasped the door frame as if she didn't want to lose her balance. Although he was emaciated, she had clearly recognized him right away. Why is he emaciated? She trembled. Herbert? Her voice said was hardly more than a whisper. Steinman approached her slowly and stopped just in front of his wife. Erica, how is this possible? He, he touched his, her arm with a trembling hand. She didn't draw away. Christoph took a step back. Herbert, she whispered again. But how? She ran her fingers tentatively over his face. Ooh. They were gazing into each other's eyes. It is you, Steinberg. <laughs> Steinman. This is like <laughs> this is like that Lionel Richie video. Shame. This is like that Lionel Richie video where they're feeling his face and making the clay. I didn't sculpture. see that one. Well, you know. Why don't you get in a time machine back to 1986 and take a look at it? They stood like that for a long time. Two people who had never met before and yet had shared their whole lives. They looked at each other in silence and in wonder. Christoph could see disbelief, doubt, and hope in their eyes. Finally, Mrs. Prandle took him in her arms, sobbing. He buried his face in his wife's shoulder and wept bitterly. Christoph turned away. He wasn't needed here. He went to his car, glanced back at the two people still standing in an embrace in the I'm doorway. I'm going to fly to the year 100. Yeah. Goodbye, world. Goodbye now. He smiled as he got into the car. 
Maybe the whole horrific trip had been worth it for this alone. Kristoff started the engine and backed out onto the road. Time to go home, fall into bed, exhausted. Tomorrow was another day. He would go and see Michael and Andrea and ask for their forgiveness. You know, the end. Preventing the Holocaust was nice and all, but the real cherry on top was reuniting <laughs> these crazy kids. Oh, Young love. love. Love I don't to know love. what their whole deal was. I think maybe because of what happened in history, they had. But how uh, would they even know that they existed? If- because your love transcends the planes of time and reality. Shane, don't you know this? You're in love, right? Come on. Come on. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Really so, to draw that one out of them. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I do. You know, I I just I, think in terms of sci-fi, most people aren't so careless. Really? I would say carelessness <laughs> is a, a heavy theme uh, in science fiction. Totally. Humanity failure. Yeah. Dennis Nedry. What? Excuse me? He was super careless. From what is that? What? From Jurassic Park. How on earth are you going to just throw a random... That's Newman from Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. You're just going to say that name to me like I'm supposed to know? Yeah. Dennis Nedry. Yeah. Oh, yes. Of course, Dennis, the famous Dennis Nedry. Yeah, he's pretty. He's a pretty famous character. I mean, he he's is. sci-fi. Dotson. We got Dotson over here. See, no one cares. He was incredibly <laughs> careless. And you know what? He paid what the, happened. He paid the price. <laughs> He got spat on by some yeah, little freaks. He, he got some, oh, yeah. Got some little spitty in Do his eye. Do you think eye. he dies? You'll, yeah, absolutely. What? They don't show it. You think he's alive through the rest of the sh- movies? I really hope <laughs> they bring him back in one of these dumb new sequels <laughs> you, that they're making. He's, gonna, he's been living in the jungles of that island for and he has, 30 years. Without a face? With like half a face. Half an acidic face. I would he, love it. He ha- has become one of them. That's, that's how they should have done the Jurassic Park reboot. Yeah. Newman. See, that's what the fans want. They don't want uh, Chris Pratt running around no. barking orders at people. I want Newman spitting bile on children. <laughs> Yeah. If I could, if you please. 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 Yeah, he should be a man dino. Yes. It should be him like <laughs> he's bonded with them and he leads a pack. He's become their leader. Yeah. It yeah. should just be castaway just on an island with dinosaurs. Yes. Mm. Like hey, you see him crack an egg on a, over a fire like a dinosaur egg. Oh yeah. And yeah. he's got like his old former uniform tied around his head to like as a, a uniform. He's talking a, to like his, his skin yeah. face. What's the Wilson? His, his skin, old face. His old his face. Old. <laughs> like taped to a tree what's his new face a dino (laughs) or a skull it's like a triceratops head like he's fashioned into a mask oh Oh, man it's just a barbasol can man this is way better than that book we just read yeah you know i'm not gonna lie i could see this book if it was if someone took some heavy liberties uh they could make it into a pretty good movie well you heard it here first take some heavy liberties and you can turn this book into a good movie uh how are we gonna cast this movie Mm. i have a good one for Werner. Oh, the okay. activist. Uh, okay. Actually, I made a mental note of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Woody Harrelson. Okay. Kind of smug, right. up to some trouble. I could see that. I was thinking we were going to have some like fast benders, some Christoph Waltzes in yeah, this you cast. Can throw them in for sure. Why not? <laughs> you know, just want to get Christoph. Is there. he a fast bender? Yeah, I think he's a fast bender. <laughs> yeah, that's actually good. Uh, because he's a pilot. Definitely. You read him that. as like a huge dork, but. Um, He's an engineer, so I mean, I read him like that. Fassbender played a robot. Now, who plays so, Georg? Ooh, that could be like Christoph Waltz in like a oh, and oh, featuring Christoph. old Georg. Interesting. I didn't know what I was expecting. Like a young, I think like, like a young guy, he's like a man, middle aged. I can oh. see that. Yeah. Uh, well, who's um uh, Reuterd? Royd? Oh, Reuter. I Reuter. saw him as old. 
Old oh, yeah. man? Yeah. Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen. Sir, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. My apologies, Mr. McKellen. Our, oh, you know, the other one. Uh, the other. Patrick Stewart? No, not Patrick the Stewart. The other one. There's this two German actors or Swedish actors that I confuse. One was in um, that Ingmar Bergman Scar- film. Skarsgård. Seventh Seal. No. What's his name? And the other one looks like him. Shane's pop quizzing us on two Swedish actors. I don't know. You don't remember? They're in like, he was in that American version of Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh, uh, Peter Skarsgård, right? I nope. just said Skarsgård. Nope. No, that's wrong. Nope. Uh, the old man. The other stars, Alexander oh, the old Skarsgård. Man. Oh, fuck. He's uh, in Minority Report or one of them no, was. Tom Cruise. Tom I Cruise. confuse those all the time. Tom Cruise. No. No, oh, shit. He was in that movie where they recast Kevin Spacey after Kevin Spacey was, it came out that he's a huge. Christopher Plummer. Yes. And who's the one that looks like Max Van Snydow? Side out. Max Van Side out. Yeah. Yeah. So one of them is (laughs) one of those six dozen people we just named on the path to Max Von Sydow. Christopher Plummer, do you know this? This blew my mind. (laughs) You you hear about this? Hey, Kevin. uh, You like this? You hear this one? Do you know what one of his early roles was? What? The father in The Sound of Music. The one oh. that sings Edelvoss with all the kids. I didn't know that. It's fucking crazy. Well, then appropriate. He's done the correct regional work <sighs> ah, to make shit. it into this movie. Well, he'd be great. Yeah. He's great uh, in everything. The real question is, who plays Hitler? Oh. Michael Shannon. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I can see it. He'd be pretty good. He's good in everything. Yeah. Um, Who plays a good Hitler these days? Who's got a good Hitler? <laughs> Who's doing the top? I heard Hitler. Ganesh had a Hitler voice. Yeah, let's hear it. I was just going to make him sound like Mickey Mouse. That's easy. That's too easy. I'm glad you didn't do that. I would have fired you again. I don't know who plays Hitler. I'm still thinking Ganesh. You know what? I'll do it. Oh, what about um Steinman? Oh, that guy. He's old, right? But that emaciated. voice that you gave—he's old and emaciated. That's tough. I thought of the that man who did the voice of uh oh Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Oh, the guy from Who Framed oh. Roger Rabbit. No, he did the voice in Up of the old man. Am I losing my mind? I well, think Bob Hoskins was in Roger Rabbit. He's I dead. That's the wrong one. He's way dead. What? Yeah, sorry. R.I.P. Bob. That's it, right? Are there more characters? I think we kind of finished it, right? Is that, is I don't know. Is that the end? I've lost track. Who directs it? Ooh. Michael Bay. Uh, Zemeckis. Because he's Zemeckis? already got the Back to the Future shit going on. Mm, yeah, he can handle time travel. Into World War Two and time travel. That sounds more like a Spielberg to me. Sounds like a Bill and Ted. Whoever did that. <laughs> Not sure who that was. I think that was a Kubrick. Well, let's wrap it up now. This is the end of the show. Thank you to Morris Reese for our beautiful music. Thank you to Chris Linquist for our average artwork. Uh, you can find us at bookclubpodcast.com, AMZN Book Club on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Anything else? Do we do anything else? Yeah, write in AMZN Book Club at gmail.com. Yeah, send us an email. Send do us you a, want us tell to your read a book? If you want autograph headshots, let us know. Uh, we'll think about it. Yeah, we'll think about it. Okay, thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye.